Games as a service. Let's talk about that. Hello. Oh. Hey. Didn't see you there. Hi. Oh, no. Don't tell me to... Uh, oh. Nope. Dirty. Uh, <laughs> welcome to episode 43 of Triangle Squared. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges, your other host, bringing you lucky episode 43. Lucky episode 43? Wait. Uh, oh, yeah. 43? Winner, winner, chicken dinner? Winner, winner, chicken fried steak dinner. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. A little different. It's a little different. I, I'm kind of hungry. I, I had a stomach bug earlier this week, and I haven't been able to eat what I want. And I really want some really greasy chicken fried chicken steak? fried steak covered in gravy with some biscuits. Okay. Well, hey, man, maybe you can get that when you get to feeling better. I hope you can. I'm going to uh, do something second, like that tonight. So I'm going to bump your little mic up. You uh, you do that, sir. Yeah, this is me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't know how much, but we're going to do it a little bit. Uh, anyway. Let, let these great people know who we are. Okay, I am. We already did that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We are Triangle Square, <laughs> a PlayStation podcast, and we post every Monday at 10 a.m. CST and 12 p. Or sorry, 10 a.m. PST, 12 p.m. CST. Every time you give me that look, those eyes, they just set me off, man. Yeah. Uh, I get lost in them. Uh, that's Thank not you. true, but you know. Um, anyway, we post every Monday, like we said, at those aforementioned times on YouTube in video format or on podcast services for your ear holes, if that's what you like. I mean, we're for your ear holes either way, I guess, but we're also for your eye holes on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, so the YouTube. Like we're, like the those, YouTube. Those 80 years old. Now, what are those kids doing on the YouTube? What, what is this? Never mind. I was going to say, what is this porn hub? <laughs> okay, so you, you took a – there was a line, and you crossed it. Um, but that's okay because we're all about crossing lines here on I crossed, Square. I cross the line of Pornhub just about every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm not going to say names, but uh, you sound like a, a problem your fiancé needs to solve. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, you know, this is not that podcast. This is a different podcast. So, Saul, what you been doing this week? What you been playing? You know, let's start uh, this thing off right. I've been sick, so... Now, hold on, though. You haven't been sick the whole week, have you? Hold up. Hold up. When did you When did you claim sickness? Thursday? Tuesday. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I was, well, I was out of it, like, Tuesday night, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I started to feel better yesterday, but it wasn't until around like two to three p.m. that I stopped throwing up. But that sounds it, pretty gross. Oh, it was. Um, but I did get to play a lot of Rainbow Six before I was sick. Um, really, though, Rainbow Six and a little bit of Enter the Gungeon and Grand Theft Auto sprinkled in has really been it for me this week. I I tried out the Metal Gear Survive beta, did not like that at all. Um, the interface, everything about that game's clunky. It's which is crazy because. So hold on. It's on the five same is nothing Fox but engine. it is. But like you start out in this white room and you have like these designated waypoint circles that you have to stand in and select items in and like missions and stuff. Okay. So you have to like you're in this big white empty room that you have to walk over to this and then go to it. And then like what's the purpose? like just let me skip all this and get in the mission or whatever this is here for. That should be do a Do you menu. think that's exclusive to the beta or do you feel like that's the way a game's going to start? I really think that's the way the game's going to start because of how it was used. And it's Gross. not yeah. I mean and I was telling uh somebody about this last night, but it's basically a rip off of Metal Gear because every sound effect is there. Uh, ranging from like the yeah, I heard you say a little bit about that. So like stuff. you're saying, but across the, the across the entire franchise, right? It's basically just trying to be a nostalgia trip. Yeah, like if you guys know what the sound is when you navigate through menus on Metal Gear, it's there. 
Uh, Which, I mean, do you not feel like they're just doing that in a way to make it feel more like an authentic Metal Gear game? But it doesn't feel like a Metal Gear game. So it it sounds like it. And what about the menu system? Does it look like Metal Gear? Kind of normal? Actually, no. Um, from what, you know, Metal Gear is always used with, like, the little boxes on the bottom left and right screen. Sure, sure. This is, like, a row of three boxes that's kind of next to your character, and you have to select your pistol or your spear or your machete all through those. And it, t- it actually okay. took me a while to figure out that, like, up was cycling through melee, down was cycling to your gun, and then whatever the other two buttons are. But I ended up playing, like, an hour of the beta, and it just feels weird. I don't know what it is, but it feels a lot like um, the Surge to me. Oh, and it okay. reminds me a lot kind of, of the Surge, kind where of it's weighty just, and clunky in bad ways. Well, I mean the gameplay, the gameplay is borderline Metal Gear Solid Five to an extent. They've changed the, some of the controls up, which is weird to me. Um, but it's just certain things in the game that happen, certain animations that enemies do, and certain like when you go up to build something, uh, it kind of just appears out of the ground and it's kind of weird looking. At least like the little tower in the very beginning mission, you have to go build, kind of just conjures itself up magically. It's just really weird okay uh, it's been weird seeing like your thoughts on this game because i remember you being like uh i was then, completely like, against two it. weeks ago you were like it actually kind of looks like it may be all right and then now, yeah. you're, now it seems like you're back on the and i mean it's not for you train which i guess it's a little different because you have experience to tell you it's not for you now it doesn't yeah. even interest me um that's just one of those things five didn't interest me and i watched someone play it and i was like glad i didn't care much about this to get hyped up for it personally it just wasn't what i wanted out of the franchise myself and i also just don't feel like i'm missing out so you know some people like well you should just play it i'm like i don't really feel like i need to i just uh i think five is great from a from a very single aspect of the story and i think five is the shines the brightest when it's when you're playing uh the gameplay for five is the best in it in the series i think yeah, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree on that one, but I could see maybe why someone would think that, but it does have, like, you know, it's funny, you're talking about, like, kind of clunkiness, which, I mean, that's that's Metal Gear Solid 5 from every bit I've seen, which, not to be crapping on 5, it's also what 4 did, like, really weirdly kind of almost robotic-looking movements that don't necessarily look like any human would actually normally move. Like, you know... The, I didn't get that vibe from 4 or 5, really. I... Unless it's from definitely like enemy, on snake, certain enemies. Definitely on Snake. He just in cutscenes normally, yes, but when you're actually doing the gameplay, he always had a somewhat stiffness to him. Yeah, I don't get I don't guess I'd have to see it to kind of I mean it's something that you get over throughout the course of playing it, but the fact that you don't even remember noticing it is a little odd. Because I feel like it was even in the original games. I always thought he just held his gun kind of weird, where his hands like almost at a um downward angle when he's holding his gun when like, he runs. Yeah. No, like if he's holding his gun, he's like this. It's like pointed down. Yeah. When he's, and I guess that that's probably a thing they do in the military. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But what uh, have uh, what have you been playing this week? All right, so a little different. Um, I hopped back into Need for Speed Payback because that was a game that I had kind of dropped. I can't remember if I, I, when I started back up. I want to say it was early this week because I went back towards. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm gonna grab the platinum and beat it because I was real close and I dropped out for Gran, uh, Gran Turismo and a couple of other games like The Division and stuff. Um, I kind of just slowed down on it and I didn't get back around to it. But now that I have, I'm a little pissed because, of course, I'm going towards the platinum. I'm working towards. I posted about this on Twitter this morning. Um, but basically, what happens is, okay, one of the big things about the game is that uh, this game they did not want to be always online, and that was because they got a lot of flack for the last game being always online. Even though I thought it was a cool implementation, whereas like you're always online, but you're also always in a matchmaking, like you're in a world that has eight. I guess it's an instance. You're in an instance that has um, seven other racers in it, uh, and they're they're going on in the world. When you're in the middle of a race, you can they'll, they'll show up like in the middle of your race, in the middle of their own races. It's crazy, um, and then like you can just pull up to them, and there's a different 
difference between the NPCs and the legit drivers. You can see them. Oh, yeah. And you can challenge them to, like, races on the fly and stuff. It'll just make a track right there and start the race as soon as you hit, like, I want to challenge you, hit square. It's going to be a sprint challenge. It makes a sprint, and then you just got to go hit it real quick. I think that's I love how that Horizon 3 was for Forza. Um, I don't remember that's a... Oh, yeah, I forget Horizon's open world style, right? Yeah, I don't remember if that was an NPC thing only or if players could do well, that. Well, now, the ability to do that in, in NPC fashion has been around for a long time. That was uh, something that you could do... Oh, yeah, since in, like uh, the first Midnight most wanted, I'm pretty sure. I don't, oh, I'm not going as I don't far remember back to that. Speed. I don't remember there being roaming racers on, on Carbon or Most Wanted. There very well could have been. Actually, I think Carbon was um, the first one. But regardless, Midnight Club of Los Angeles had that, and like you could you pull up behind the people and flash your headlights, and that was like how you challenged them um and midnight club los angeles was the first game that i remember in a racing game that did away with you load into a track and it has its own thing whereas like uh, midnight club los angeles was like okay you go to this race and there is no borders you can get even though there's the arrows that show you which way you probably should be going there is no borders which is what need for speed has picked up on now which i do appreciate and i do like but my point being is that the game's not supposed to be online right got a little bit off um but apparently the game saves what you've done on certain elements, like these activities they have, which are like um, speed traps where you've got, like there's a spot on the map and you've got to hit that spot going a certain speed and you'll get, uh, there's a three star rankings you can get based off how fast you're able to go. Um, and I was doing those and I was on the very last one working my way towards uh, three starring every activity in the game. I was on the last one of specifically the speed traps and my game crashed on me. It did the uh, classic, uh, what was it? Um, the the too, USB. Many US, too many USB devices. And it, you know, my my controller disconnected. The game kept going, but was just you know not responding to anything. And then my system crashed. And I bring it back up, and it pulls me back to a save of like two hours or an hour and a half prior, uh, where none of the where I basically everything I'd just done three starring everything and working my way through the map was gone, and it, it infuriated me. So then I kind of had to go handle some other stuff. I came back home and managed to redo all those and got one of the trophies, and I'm still working my way through, but that was really annoying. Um, Otherwise, though, I did pick up Rainbow Six and play with y'all last night. Still not feeling it, but before I just give up on it again quickly, I want to play one more kind of real night with y'all. Uh, and see how it goes. There's an overwhelmingly amount. Like this, there, I would I would argue that the learning curve for that game is higher than Dark Souls. It's not even about the learning curve, uh, and and I don't say this as a hit against the game because I get that that's what people like about it. I think it just goes into what I like about games and what I like about gaming is like I work so much and I do so much extra crap, like you know having to go out, like I had to go fix plumbing at my mom's house today. That's what I did after Need for Speed screwed up. Um, my time's real valuable to me, and I feel like it gets crapped on all the time by everybody anyway, by my work, by crap I have to do here. Uh, so when I do get to game, I want to feel like I'm getting a lot out of my gaming time. And any kind of game that does the, okay, you're dead, and now you just have three or four minutes while you're waiting. And even though I get that, okay, on, on ranked, you're supposed to help other people with your camera, it's still a very passive experience. Uh, and I don't like the idea of, okay, well, let's just say, even if I'm really good at the game, say I get used to the learning curve, and somebody just happens to, the first 35 seconds of the, of the match, um, somebody just happens to, to scope me off or whatever. It that can happen. And spot, it happens. Spawn exactly. peeking is a very good, is a very, is an actual real tactic in that yeah. game. Yeah. So, you know, that happens. And with that being said, then I have four to eight to whatever it was time limit, 10 minutes of possibly just sitting there waiting for everybody yeah, to doing die really. or the time to go up. And that just, I don't like that. 
Now, of course, no, it's, it, of course, it's worse when you're first starting off playing because you're dying more often because you don't know what you're doing necessarily. And then you really don't know what to do in that passive state either. It's kind of hard to go through and realize what camera you're looking. Well, for and I or... was doing it, but it's also we were playing on casual and everybody was talking crap, so it's not like we were caring. Yeah, nobody else was doing it, so I was like, "Why well, am I going to do it?" Yeah, casual though, like that's what I mainly play by myself, and that's one I throw the headset on. The sound cues and audio cues in that game is absolutely phenomenal. And that's one thing I'm not used to playing games online very often, like shooter games, definitely. Definitely really tactical shooter games. So, you know, it's funny. Someone was like, well, did you not hear his footsteps? I was like, you know what? I did. But in my mind, that didn't trigger that I should probably yeah. turn around. I was yeah, like, that's, I wasn't that's a very real that. thing in, in Rainbow uh, Six. And, I, and I've known about it forever. It's just because I don't normally experience it, my brain isn't triggered to be like, footsteps, bam, turn around. It does one of those things that I really love about, like, it, it, we're going to bring it up later in the games as a service thing. But um, I love games that have multiple playable characters that are so different than other people, like League of Legends, um, Overwatch, this game in particular. Those are three games I played and sunk in at least a hundred hours of those games into, and it's 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 a, such a fun experience to pick up a new character, see what the abilities or how the character works is, then go look at like YouTube stuff to teach me how to play it, and then go back and actually replicate that stuff that I learned and actually feel like I'm you know playing a cool character that I learned how to play. It's it's a much cool yeah, experience. Yeah, that's a little me. different. I don't like watching someone else play on. It's YouTube. not even watching somebody else, but like, I can watch like a PDF file basically of or like a. Uh, um, a PowerPoint, and I mean, I'm with you. I just think it's just differences. You, you've always had more of a knack for online games than I have, so that's true. Uh, but I'm fairly, I'm gonna give it one more t- just day and see what kind of goes on, like one more good couple hour gaming session, see how it goes. But I have a feeling I'm gonna end up returning that. That's why I bought it used. Yeah, I uh, just didn't want to waste my money. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Honestly, why buy that game if Monster Hunter? Comes I'm not out loving next week. it anyway. Monster Hunter or comes this out. week technically. Yeah, technically, uh, Monster Hunter comes out uh, shortly after Monster Hunter. Two weeks after Monster Hunter, we get uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake. I mean, everything's right around the corner. Wait, two weeks? February 6th. Okay, I thought it was February 16th. I'm pretty sure it's 6th. Oh, hey, I'll be on vacation that day. On the 6th? Yeah, I start hey, my vacation. You get to play all through the Colossus of the Shadows. Yeah, is that is that what, what day is that, I wonder? because that Probably a Friday. I feel like that's a Friday release. Oh, no, it's a Tuesday release. It is a Tuesday release? Okay, that's not even technically two weeks. It's like a week and a half away. That's no, two weeks away from now. It'll be it'll be a week, and a, it'll be like a week and a half after uh, Dragon Ball, though. All right, well, Saul, that's about all I played. I didn't get. It. I played a lot of Need for Speed this week, trying to finish that up and just burn through. I haven't platinumed the game in a while, and I feel the need to do it. And I did platinum the last Need for Speed, so I'm wanting to kind of go back on that. Uh, and I, I just want to get back on the platinum train, and I do like Need for Speed despite its few flaws. I am pretty pissed, though, that the whole point of it being I'm not always online is because I got a lot of flight for it, but then there's stuff that's tied to it. Because like, that's yeah. basically what I found out. They were like, well, if you're not online, it doesn't autosave. Like the certain things, so it didn't pick up on the fact that I'd done all these speed things already. And because it, and it took me back. The reason I knew as soon as I loaded that I lost stuff is I was in I was in a different car from last night when I saved it and turned it off. Like, oh no, because you don't say yourself, you know. But when, last night when I turned it off, um, I, I, I popped up in that car. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, so you knew something was messed was like, up immediately. Damn. <laughs> so it got pretty bad. But uh, so I'll go ahead and hop into the drop, and we will get this episode going. Sure thing. Uh, first up on the drop, we have the Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human for PS4. We have Celeste for PS4. We have Dragon Ball Fighter Z for PS4. Pretty big one on the list this week. We have Akano Clast for oh, PS4. Yeah, Akano, and PS- oh, yeah, Akano Clast, yeah. Yeah, for PS4 and PS Vita. We have The Impatient for PSVR, first PSVR game this week. We have Laws of the Machine for PS4. Lost Sphere for PS4, a game I'm actually really excited about. Won't be able to play it on release because of this next title, which is uh, Monster Hunter World out for PS4. 
a, a game that I highly suggest anybody listening get. You can all play it with us, and we'll have a good old grand See, time. See, it sucks that you worked this week, because I really, really, really wanted to play the Nergante mission that they're going to have out to be able to kill one of the Elder Dragons. Doesn't it go away like the 26th? Uh, no, it's uh, it's done like uh, Monday. Uh, yeah, I so won't we're, we won't that. be able to play with you necessarily, but it's only three players, right? Spoiler, no, it's four. four. Yeah, four. Okay, players. you're right. So we Spoiler, will be able to play with you. Spoilers, though, I have heard that you can beat that boss by yourself. So I don't know how 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 intense it actually will be. Well, we, but it's, the game's just fun with other people. Oh yeah, it but is. it would have been fun to do that. I may just I may hop on and do it with Ryan and um and John if nothing else. We'll see. Sure. So we have OKKO Let's Play Heroes for PS4 and Wild Turkey Hunter. PS4 game of the year material right there. Yeah, it's a great looking. Uh, literally, it's, just a picture a of a turkey, turkey. with yeah. some really well, jank Photoshop on. I it. feel like even though I'm just now learning GIMP, I could do a better job I'm, of, I'm, of I'm, editing an image I'm, than that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I almost like that because I hope that the people who made the game were like, guys, what if we just took it like super non serious and just put a picture of a turkey up? Or what if it was the exact opposite and they thought they were really good? Like, like guys, they, this is the best thumbnail. And I've now and now there's two boys in Arkansas crapping all over their, their hard work. <laughs> Boy, this first piece, or no, the yep. third piece of news has right. me. One of these days, people are going to crap all over our work, but for while we're still, you know, small and in the shadows, which we may forever remain, that'll be the joke on them. Ha, huh, they never even got anywhere. But, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, if we did. <laughs> Go ahead. That was the last title. Of oh, the you're week. good? Okay, yeah. good, cool. So we could go on the news. All right, well, specifically good. The that's third, some interesting news. Yeah, the third item on this is made me super excited. Right. Because I did not realize that's what right. that game was, and I didn't even hear about this. So yep. go ahead. All news. So the first thing up is No Man's Sky might be due for a major update. The uh, Waken Titan ARG, which is alternate reality game, in case you've never heard that, uh, from May of last year is back and as cryptic as ever. Last time it teased what ended up being update 1.3, which I think was uh, Atlas Rises was the name. Uh, which added the foundation for online multiplayer as well as a lot of changes to the game's base mechanics. It's likely that an update is within sight, if not imminent. Uh, one of the other things that people noted as to why they think it's imminent is that the game has, has had major updates about every three months. This game would almost qualify as games as a service at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's a, well, and games as a service is a really broad term because while some of them are un, like, unintentionally doing it others are obviously be like this is the plan yeah uh, i think no man's sky was always meant to be this way but at the same time they had no choice if this game was ever going to be a game that people wanted to continue buying and making money off of uh they were going to have to do something to get people to get trust in them again and the, what do you do to do that you update the hell out of the game yeah that's true <laughs> and they do it all for free because actually another great example of that was rainbow six it was a game that did not do very well at first, but had an amazing comeback and is oh, very consistent. Probably the most competitive. Uh, but we will get into that right when now. it comes to the, uh, to the that main topic. Overwatch. Uh, next thing up is uh, I just thought this was really interesting. That's really the only reason I put it in here. The file size for the Inpatient, which is the PSVR prequel to uh, Until Dawn, uh, has been revealed. The file size has been revealed, and it's surprisingly modest, coming in at only ten point forty two gigs. Now, just for comparison's sake, if I remember right, I don't feel like grabbing the case. Uh, I'm fairly positive that Until Dawn was 42 gigs. No way. Yep. It was, on the, it was on the Decima engine. Massive. Which is crazy. Uh, Until Dawn is on the same engine as uh, Horizon and Killzone Shadow. If I'm War. not mistaken, Grand Theft Auto Five is like... It's a last-gen game. That's true, too, but even yeah. though the, the amount of stuff in that game... Well, yeah, but I mean, last-gen games, it was rare for games to be that big. I don't think they really were. I think even big games are like 30. Even like Call of Duty is, is, <laughs> is not far off from that mark. Yeah. There's a lot I mean, more content in Call of Duty. Well, I mean, as far as like assets... Maybe, guns, maybe. interiors, but buildings. But I thought that was really... Now, it could be just poor optimization, you know? Like, who knows? 
um, you know, for, for poor compressing format or whatever it be. Uh, next thing up, so I hate that you delete the news as we go through. I you like kill it. me. Um, but I guess it's probably useful. Uh, a full HD remake of Disgaea Hour of Darkness has been announced as of now. It has a release window of spring 2018, which is not far at all. Uh, and though no platforms have been confirmed, it seems highly likely it'll be on PS4. I did see someone mention, uh, poo poo. Um, I've seen someone mention that, um, it had wrong tags and that it was supposed to be on for uh, PS4 and Switch. I, I will be, I'll definitely buy it for the Switch. But if it comes on Switch, that makes sense. I think there's a chance, because that was originally a PS2, PSP, DS game. There's yeah, a it, chance that comes to Vita. That was the first, I would be extremely surprised, though, because 5 didn't even make it to Vita yet, though, to be that, fair. That was the first Disguise game I ever played, and I played it on a combination of PSP and DS. So it, since it's not coming to Vita and that I don't even have a Vita, I... Oh, yeah, but it's coming to PS4. You don't want them sweet, sweet trophies? No, I'd rather have that sweet, sweet portability for that kind of game because I know I'm not going to platinum it. So I don't. I only care about trophies if I plan. If on you platinum know you're going to try and platinum, yeah. Like I but, thought yeah, about. But what about those games where you don't even think you're going to try and platinum? You just kind of play it and you're like, I love this game. I want to platinum it. As much as I love the Disgaea series, dude, I don't think I. They're do really that. hard to platinum. <laughs> oh, I know they are. They're really hard yeah. to beat. Saul, at least challenges. If last week's episode wasn't enough, uh, look at Saul throwing his hat away, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, man, audio listeners are just... Saul, don't do that to your head. What did it ever do to you? Uh, anyway, uh, audio listeners. Bungie is yet again under fire for uh, from Destiny 2's player base. Frustration rose from a lack of communication on how the new Season 2 weapons would be added into the game. Saul, get this. The weapons are being added throughout the events of the season rather than all at once at the beginning. Not oh, no. that bad, right? Not really that bad. No, that's terrible. Well, But hold on. In and of itself... It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it was clearly said, hey, this is our idea for seasons. This is what we're going to start doing moving forward. Lack of communication has been a big problem with a lot of big companies lately, and it doesn't help that Bungie's been having a lot of issues with Destiny 2 within its actual player base, the retained player base it has. For them to come out and do this is ridiculous, well, in my ahead, opinion. Go ahead and finish this up because I do have something that Bungie did specifically say about something at the, at the okay. end of this. And I, I think I just kind of tried saving face for those who wouldn't know too much about it. Uh, But there's also backlash on a change uh, that throttled how many faction tokens could be earned in the time period, which Bungie says they aim to balance. Now, Saul, does this have to do with the fact that they basically butchered uh, and really put a hold on lost sectors in general? So I don't know about that. I do know that you can no longer do um, what we used to, where you would run through the same lost sector a couple of times and get like, 15 tokens every two minutes or whatever. I forgot what it was. It was a lot of tokens real quick. Uh, Bungie basically said that they don't like it, that people can do that without even firing their gun. So they have locked it for now. They said that they uh, will be more, uh, they'll be, they'll communicate with uh, fans more and then in the future about. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like, I did see that. It's like, yeah, come on now. Communicate with us, then do it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next thing up. PlayStation. Not going to hurt people for playing your game, Bungie. Literally playing <laughs> your game. All right, next thing up, PlayStation have revealed a collectible figure line called Totaku. I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Uh, they are collectible figurines based off a franchise ex- exclusive to or synonymous with the PlayStation ecosystem. The first wave will include the Hunter from Bloodborne, which looks pretty sick. I- I'm happy about that. Uh, Parappa the Rapper, Kratos, Sackboy, uh, one of the ships from Wipeout, Crash Bandicoot, and Hihachi from Tekken. Uh, it is set to release on March 28th, or they are set to release um, the whole first wave is, uh, and they're going to be nine ninety nine each. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So, um, oh man, man. So I see what you added. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing up, PS4 released a mandatory system update this past week. Update five point zero five comes in at around three hundred and seventy megabytes and improves. 
performance. That's the wording they use. This is likely a fix for the exploit found in the last update that allowed unsigned to <laughs> unsigned code to run. And uh, as Saul wanted to add in some of that sweet, sweet system stability uh, that we we talked about so much. You know, by now, did you see the GIF I shared that had the car like racing? Yeah, I loved it. It's it's the best GIF I've ever seen. I love it. So yeah, by now that's the most stable system that's ever been released. Uh, Outside of the PS3, because the PS3 still gets updates for system stability. <laughs> okay, next thing up, uh, this past week, the Monster Hunter World Special Edition PS4 Pro was announced for EU and NA, so that's European North American territories, in limited quantities in North America. That was a GameStop exclusive. I don't know if it was a game exclusive or something similar in Europe. Uh, I didn't did have you get time it? To check that in. I did get one. Unfortunately, because of the way that they are and the fact that they're limited, and the, I'm fairly positive that these are actually just the Japanese systems because the systems are not region locked anymore. Um, they, I didn't know that. You have to pay for the entirety of them up front. So I had to pay for the entirety up front. Uh, that you couldn't, even if you pre-ordered in store, all you did was, and which is what I did, I was trying to do that. Justin had to find out when I got there um, that they, you either order it online, they ship it directly to your house, uh, but you are guaranteed same day arrival. Um, I don't know how many times GameStop's guaranteed that never went on its word. I don't know. We'll, we'll for sure get it because it ships out of Dallas. We'll get it in one day. I'm not even worried about that. Uh, but other people be you know wary. Uh, the other thing was that if you went to the store, the only thing they did do was just order off their POS on the online system. You still had to pay in full, which is unfortunate because now I have to sell my PS4 Pro. Well, uh, well my question is, this, and I coming from somebody who who works around this kind of stuff like retail and sure. junk. Don't be this. Pro, don't be this person. But like, I wonder if you could buy it, return it, and then. Buy it again, but use your PS4. As I don't think credit. so because I don't think it counts as an in-store POS item at all. I think. It, oh, so it's not even in their system then. I guess at a store level. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying that's why you can't pre-order at store level. You have to pay for it off the internet, and they can just do it through their online store portal. Super it was really weird. weird, odd thing to happen. But it's here's the thing: I was saying for a long time, I really wish that would have come out here, and that they have not released a cool PS4 Pro yet. Now they have. You, I'm not counting the white PS4 Pro for Destiny. That's too bland and vanilla. Isn't it just literally white? just white? Yeah, just the, like they did with the original Destiny PS4. But the Taken King one was white with a yeah, cool map, which was that sweet. was the coolest PS4 they've ever made. Besides the I Final agree. Fantasy 15 one, the Final Fantasy 15 was really pretty. But actually, as much as I didn't care for the game, did you see the uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Collector's? I mean, Special Edition PS4. Beautiful. Wasn't it red? Uh, red and like kind like of that crimson with a gold strip. Okay, I do remember. It that. It was now. really pretty, really pretty. Uh, next thing up, Sony announced a collector's edition in terms of surprise announcements really quick and out of nowhere. Uh, Sony announced the collector's edition for God of War. Revealed as the Stone Mason edition, it will include a 9-inch statue of Kratos and Atreus, two Hulora Brothers carvings, a cloth map, and a steelbook for the game, as well as a replica ring, keychain, and shield miniatures. On the digital side of things, there will be exclusive armor set, Shield, a comic, a digital comic, and a dynamic theme for the game. It cost one hundred and forty nine ninety nine, and it still has no release date. One interesting thing to note is that they specifically say that the replica ring, keychain, and shield miniatures are only available in the Stonemason edition. I don't know if that means that the individual statue and pieces will be available separate for purchase at a later date. Not sure, but well, it was weird that they decided to include that. I will say for the price for that, that's a really good value. Not for bad. A, for a collector's edition. Not a nine inch, two, like two technically nine-inch statues. Don't get me wrong. Definitely there's been more competitive ones, but it's not bad. It's not two nine statues. It's one. Uh, well, it's it's kind of like my Kratos back here. Yeah. It's on a rock. There's yeah. two figures on it, but yes. Um, 
Interesting, nonetheless. Last thing on the list here is that fans of the Alien movie franchise are in for a possible treat. A new game has been announced that is said to be a shooter and will be developed by Cold Iron Studios. Don't know who they are. Don't know what their pedigree is. Uh, but there is no title or release window given. So this just seems like a really in the air, like, hey, we're doing something. Here it is. I don't know if it's to try and build, see what the interest would be for it to judge. Like, how much budget do we want to really want to give it or what? But it's really weird. So I'm not going to go any further than that in it, but Fox Next Games really, makes me think, is it something to do with Fox? But like Fox who, Engine? Well, no, 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 no. Okay. The you, Fox Movies. Because who Fox owns Engine? Alien? Oh, my gosh, dude, that sounds amazing. Who owns the Alien movie franchise? Is that Fox? It has to be Fox, yeah. I mean, I have no clue, dude. But I'm pretty sure that's who made um, Prometheus and Covenant. I mean, that will tell you enough. Anyways. And I'm pretty sure every Alien movie has been Fox. I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember the Fox opening on almost all those movies. Let's find out. Do, 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 but, um, yeah, I'm yep. kind of worried. 20th Century Fox. I'm kind of worried because... The last Aliens game that was not the horror game was awful. Yeah, it was, was terrible. What was it, Alien Colonial Col- Marine? Yeah, it Colonial Marine. Awful. Um, but actual Aliens Isolation was a fantastic game. And I actually still think that I bought that during a sale, and I never downloaded it on my PS4. I've played it before. Don't get me wrong. I've played it before I bought it. My boy, a new challenge. What is this? They've brought back limited run games just posted that they brought back the long box jewel cases that were really, they only existed in America for like the first, oh Lord, like almost year of it being out here. And then they switched to what we know as the American cases as a normal CD jewel case. This is what it was. It had a longer image and stuff like that. I want to see if I can find a way to get some of these. If so, I'm about to do some crazy custom cases. I, I, I remember those. Yeah, like a couple of games had it, but it was very rare here. Now, it was more common for a lot of games in Europe, but Europe also did, just had generally better cases. Did Soul Reaver have one of those? No. It, it didn't? No, it did not. It did not. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to... Now, maybe Europe did, but not in, not in the U.S. No, I can remember seeing one at my cousin's house, and I remember thinking that's a weird-looking case. Because I saw it after the fact of knowing how... how now, I probably got you off of whatever it was you were talking about, and I apologize. Oh, no, I was just saying Alien Isolation is a really, really good game. And yeah, for those I say, a lot of people liked Isolation, so... But yeah, Isolation was also what I imagine as the closest thing to an Aliens Outlast game. And, and like, my thing is, is that the game's so hard to play because it's very stressful. It's almost like you Rainbow Six. Like you, you play it in very short bursts because yeah, of and it's almost like Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six is dude is, is to me is really stressful. And did you play Outlast? Yeah, yeah, I never beat it, but I played. It was Outlast as stressful to you because not really. Outlast, Outlast is very similar more, in general gameplay style. Outlast you know I mean? was more annoying in the sense of running, hiding, running, hiding. Which of course that's what Alien Isolation say, was. I thought that was the entirety of it Alien is, Isolation. It is, but I like Alien Isolation for the fact that it is Alien, and for the fact that the sound direction in that game is really good too. Oh, man, Outlast, I, Outlast had decent. I, I played Outlast with headphones on. I thought it was really weird. Uh, that's all I, yeah. If I play a horror game, I never play it without headphones of any kind. But we're going to go ahead and move on to our uh, current topic, and that is what do we think about games as a service? Now, it's going to be a little more than that. I want it to kind of be like a general well, look because games as a service is such a weird thing. I was talking about like the way the games as a service has generally I, expanded on from the beginning of the, of the of the genre you know, the I, beginning of the, of the generation where we saw it become a big thing. Cause I'm not going to say games as a service did not exist on PS3. I can't think of a game. I would think fit the bill necessarily besides it, destiny, but destiny was across generally and coming and coming from an Xbox 360 person. I don't, I don't think there was a game that was necessarily that was constantly that, updated that, that never had a sure. sequel or that the sequel, you know, cause that's, that's my favorite thing about games as a service is that for games like overwatch and rainbow six, 
if you want to get super competitive in them, you know a sequel's not coming anytime soon. Well, yeah, because it's like the ideas are going to keep building. So, right. Like, you so know, when you buy when you buy the game and you invest time into it, you know that that time's going to be well spent at least for the next two or three years of this current lifespan. Now, I see it's really weird because like we were talking about different takes on it. Uh, no Man's Sky is a perfect example of a games as a service that has not had anybody pay a dime to experience the additions, right? Well, um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that even games as a service has you paying. For well, but, but but technically, and I could be wrong because I have not played enough of it, but from what I've seen and what I can see on the list there, um, Rainbow Six is basically... Rainbow Six definitely has that. You I, have to I don't think I don't think, though, that that is a, a prerequisite for... Now, what, I, now what I'm saying is that, no, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that either, but I'm saying a lot of them tend to do it because, like, uh, basically what it comes down to is my, my what I'm getting at with No Man's Sky is that you are constantly getting new content without having to put any new money into it, whereas right. Destiny... You are locked behind the same content as Disc 1 if you don't go and get the... I've, I played so much. You know what I mean? Like Overwatch, it, and I can't think on... Yeah, the characters are free in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only just, thing is loot boxes, and that's where that service comes in. Which is cosmetics. Because they make so much money on the loot boxes, they're able to have the game continue with free characters. And another game that utilizes that specific uh, mode uh, that we've seen a huge success on, obviously, is Rocket League. Rocket League gives you all the new game modes and everything. The only thing that's locking behind is specific cars, if you like it. And a lot of people do like those, and they buy them to specifically support the game. Now, I love that because, like, you know, when they first started talking about, well, we're going to add a basketball mode in. We haven't done it yet, but we're, we're doing it. I was like, well, surely we're going to have to pay for that. No, you didn't. No. Nope. Now they've added hockey. Didn't have to pay for it. That's the That has to be the single greatest PS Plus game ever. And, oh, man, it is. Like, in terms of, and no one knew the potential. No, that's the crazy thing. I wonder about how it. many people skipped it just to go back and buy it after it was no longer oh, free. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of people. Uh, it was wild. See, I, I was excited in it because I remember seeing. Um, uh, super-powered rocket battle cars on PlayStation 3, which is the first same, one of it. Yeah, same Basically developer. the same principle. Um, and I was like, man, this is really interesting, but I never got around to buying it because I was broke back then. But when that came around, I was like, well, I would have bought this anyway. This I'm, is awesome. Like, it's, it's a really, it's a great price. Um, oh, yeah, it's like 20 bucks. Yeah, isn't it? it's a great price. And it's funny because like this is all going to wrap into something. Like, we're talking about games as a service, and it's interesting because I do know that there's definitely the argument that not every game needs to be games as a service, and it's weird. When I tweeted no. it out earlier, the way I worded it, and I do believe this, is a, they've shown this, is that any genre in gaming can be adapted to fit this business model and, of course, be, accept- yeah. and be successful. Does it need to? No. No, but it is a added benefit if it does, in my opinion. Well, it's an... Uh, because, because you know that can, you're getting your money Because one thing worth. I will say is when you have a very story-heavy game, it works better for multiplayer because if you have a very story-heavy game and you make well, no, a I'm game talking about I'm talking about adding this in into any genre that fits. I'm not talking about a specific game. Well, or sure, but like I'm that. saying like, but some genres are inherently story-driven. Action-adventure almost always have some form of story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and like, narr- okay, like interactive narrative experiences or whatever you want to call them, like, you know, um, the Telltale games. And there could be an argument that they are games as a service anyway, but you're really just, it's episodic. It's, so we, yeah. uh, episodic's different. But my point being is that in a game like that, or a more fitting example would be a full price game that's bigger scope of that would be something like Detroit Become Human, where it's like, how, don't, I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but if you did it, what would inherently happen is that any game that has a really big tide of what's going on in the narrative, you're going to feel like they're purposely leaving. And look, Destiny is a perfect example of that. People feel like they're purposely leaving things out to sell them to, to you add later. later. Yeah. And that's what you're naturally going to be like, oh, they, they gimped the storyline on purpose so they could sell it to you later as we'll DLC. See, well, the tricky part about like me saying it's a benefit, though, is that like what genre would you say Detroit belongs under? Uh, interactive... 
Because it, it's thing. super hard. It is. No, that's a really you hard can't genre. say like a third person. Uh, you can't say third person action adventure because you could say that like if Uncharted was to come out, like Uncharted <laughs> Four did, and the multiplayer Uncharted Four was great. People loved it. Apparently, I never played it, but I do oh, know yeah, it no, was I played, played it. a lot. I played. It's not something I was. I, I played two, three, and four. The only one I didn't like out of all of them was three. I and thought Naughty, multiplayer was very fun. And see, Naughty Dog could have <laughs> kind of transformed that game. Uh, game the multiplayer side of it into games as a service so they constantly released maybe characters or skins and stuff and kept people coming back for more because I think that's what games as a service really does well is it brings you back so here and I don't, this is Wikipedia so I'm going to take this with a very big grain of salt but I think it's interesting that this is where they decided to stick it Detroit Become Human is an action adventure game see I, I would think so because just the way the game works but see just like in music that I hate Genres, genres, are, genres define, are a necessary evil. Yeah, because while everything gets lost in genres and that kind of blows, it also helps that the genres help you describe something. Because if I just say that Detroit's an action adventure game, you'd be like, "Oh, it's Uncharted." No, it is yeah. not Uncharted. Yeah, or uh, you know, like it, if you and you could you could easily describe. I wouldn't say easily, but you could technically describe The Last of Us as horror if you wanted yeah. to. And yeah, yeah. To be fair, you could. There's, there's ways. You, well, you shouldn't, but yeah, you could. You but you could. I could see the argument, but yeah, it's interesting that any genre could be made to fit it. Does every genre, would every genre benefit from it? I do not think. So that's what I'm saying by saying see, it's an yeah. added benefit and everything. I think because the, the term genre can be used so broadly in video games that it does make more sense now we've talked about it. I do think, though, that most... That, that there's ways I'll that say most expansive games, like anything that has a populated multiplayer will automatically benefit from it. Sure, sure. And, you know... Going into like, you know, I get that some people don't want every game to come this and neither do I. You know, I'm very, I talk, talk about all the time. I am very much a story driven game, uh, game player. These really aren't games for me. I normally hop into a game and then play it. I'm like, even though I enjoy Destiny 1, I'm probably done with Destiny 1 forever. I enjoy Destiny 2. Highly unlikely I'll ever play Destiny 2 again. I, I, at least but, I can say I got the platinum, so I do not have to go back to but the game. But <laughs> at the same point, maybe I will go back to Destiny 2. But it doesn't pull me like some people. Yeah, it can have a game that. I might go back to because I do love the the way they've built their their system for games as a service. It's funny a lot of people don't like it; they feel like it's money pinching. Which I mean, it, it makes it sense though is, if you're yeah. if you're trying to create a game that's going to c- continue to sustain itself. You have to because you like, do like, need to like have now, some form of income. Now it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be predatory. A substantial amount. Or, it doesn't. Or, yeah. yeah, it doesn't need to be predatory like something that uh, balances and lets you pay to win. That's people talk about that all the time. But there are ways. It's like okay, Overwatch. Overwatch is like okay. Perfect what are we going to do? We're going to create. We, and we've already talked about this, but we're going to make every character free. How can we afford to float that? We're going to make a really good system. We're going to make a game that people love, want to play, and because of that love and wanting to play, they're going to be more likely to just want to spend a dollar or two here and add stupid, some you know, super stylistic and original style skins to the exactly. Game. And that's what I'm saying. So if you can figure that out, and that's the balance they struck, and the balance that Rocket League struck was. Continue to have the game be free. Continue to add you parts cars, to customize parts, your cars. Everything. But what do you do? You have to buy the new cars if you want new ones. But you still have the base one. And all the stuff that you can add on is extra. Normally, you, you get anyway. Like you know, They add new stuff on for you to customize your car with. Uh, and that's free for people who just have the base game who've never spent it all on the game. I have. Surprisingly, I bought the DeLorean because I was like, you know what? I like this game. I got it for free. Didn't pay a dime for it. I'm going to buy the Back to the Future car. I can't remember if I had to buy or unlock Sweet Tooth's van. I think Sweet Tooth was just a, um, he, you know, was it unlockable? he was exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah, I remember uh, that much of it. But my point, I, I, see, I got to platinum on that game. I love that game. See, I need to, um, like, I'll never forget the first night I played that game. Uh, I downloaded it. We we all hung out, me, you, Annie, Hannah, everybody. And then me and Annie, that was one of the first times that she came over to my apartment and actually stayed the night. And we stayed up till 4 a.m. playing that game. That game's extremely fun. It was amazing. It so, real quick. 
before I go deep into my dive of what these really could mean and ways it could bring franchises that are otherwise dormant back. And this is based off of a conversation I listened to earlier with a very interesting man. Um, I'm going to go over and see what some of the people on Twitter are thinking. So when I posted about this earlier, um, didn't get a, just a ton of responses, which is kind of interesting because I thought this would be a little more of a divisive thing than it really ended up being. Uh, Steve Bitto. Hey, Steve. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm not interested in replaying the same thing over and over. And that is a sentiment I can completely understand because oh, yeah. what is the problem with Destiny? When you get to the end of the content that oh, base it's, game it's or they've added, it's a grinding bam, you're, you're in playing the same thing over and over. Uh, Nathaniel S. Hicks, don't know you off the top of my head, but thank you for listening. I hope you... That's uh, Nate Lloyd, boy. No, not Hicks. Nate, Lloyd, Nate Lloyd's down here. Nathaniel Hicks. Oh. Boy, learn how to read, so... No, I know my eyes need to adjust. <laughs> I thought that was Nate. Nate, my boy, my boy Nate, his, he changed the profile picture. He again, did. He and, did. It, and it screws me up. But Nathaniel S. Hicks, he says, I think it has a place. Agreed. Very instantly, I want to say that. Uh, but I don't think it should be the predominant model in gaming. Give us a choice, similar to how we have a choice between large open-world RPGs and linear single-player experiences. That's a great sentiment. I really do stand behind that. Like I said, while not everything benefits from it, and even though it could be in any genre, it, hold it, something sacred and just let there be choices. Not yeah. every game needs to be this. And as because you see, you're going to get a lot more turds in the water if you do it with every game that comes out instead of oh, the, absolutely. The, like the 10 few that work really well now, like Rainbow and Overwatch and stuff. That's why I was saying I retracted that statement of it could be a benefit to everything when in reality, it's just going to muddy up the, sure. the clean sure. waters we have now. Um, and see, I saved talking about this game in specific, even though I did say uh, something about it pretty sure but nate lloyd said polygon recently put out an article about how play warfare uh warframe sorry has developed an ethical loot box system within a games as a service uh, model i think we need more developers to think long and hard about how they approach games as a service and the monetization of these types of games and then he also shared the article itself uh and i didn't get a chance to read it yet but i am going to read it because i do think it's interesting but i've known from the time i started playing um uh, Warframe, that it is the same. And so I want to go back, and I may just go back, like I said, now that Planes of Eidolon's out, I may go back regardless of who else is going to play with me. Hey, play Warframe. <laughs> Make I it know what you're, to where I can delete my character and start over. I know Please. that's a complaint, but that's a very small complaint with the rest of what that game is. I will sink so much time into that game if you let me. I will go buy Platinum. I don't care what it takes. I want to start a new character. I, I, I think I mentioned it like two months ago or whatever. I downloaded it again and I tried to play it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I red, white, and blue? I don't remember adding these colors to myself. Where do I go? I'm like, yeah. I don't remember how to use this UI because it's so, it's not convoluted, but it's, it's such a different UI than what I'm used to that it is annoying to have to try to relearn everything. And I just without there being a yeah, yeah open and I, I'd like to reach replay the first three or four missions or whatever that I played to get a re grasp on the story. I don't want to go watch a video to catch me up for that. I understand, uh, but I do agree with the general model that they are they are what Rocket League is in this sense of a game that's more like Destiny than it is Rocket League in the grand scheme of how the game plays and what you're doing and playing with other people, going through these missions and dungeons. Now they've opened Planes of Eidolon, very open world setup. Uh, but what they've done is they've been, hey, everything that we're adding is free, 100% free. They added Planes of Eidolon, this huge expansion. Nobody had to pay a dime for it, Saul. I know, it's a amazing. Similar, a similar expansion on Destiny 2 would be considered a sequel, probably. <laughs> Destiny 3. Uh, but my point being, the fact that they continue to do this and take the same route that, that Rocket League is, is where we're going to continue adding things to this game, regardless of what people are giving us money, monetarily speaking, you can just continue to play this game. Actually, the more perfect analog is uh, No Man's Sky. Um, here you are, bam, No Man's Sky. 
you are continuing to get new stuff on here even though you're not paying a dime. Now, they're, they came from very different places. Warframe is a very specific example of a developer taking a chance on an idea and going far. It's crazy to think that so many people love Warframe now who don't even know what Dark Sector was. I know, and Dark Sector was a great game. I had a conversation with someone the other day. I was like, I just wish it had a little more ties into Dark Sector and like story wise. And they're like, Dark Sector. I was like, Yeah, you know the Tenno, the original guy, and the original Dark Sector was uh, David Tenno. He's like the first of them. That's why they're called the Tenno. And they're like, What? And I see it's really cool, and it almost makes me wish that we'd get like a Dark Sector remastered just so people would play it. Dude, yeah, Dark Sector is a game back in last gen that uh, it it's it's really muddy and kind of an ugly game. And really, for- it's not that ugly. It's kind of pretty from when well, it came out. Came out around the same time I think as years, I, too. Well, I'm talking about how... Yeah, I was just about the same color but, scale. But that's old, you know? That's what no, I'm saying. yeah, I'm just saying the color scale of that game is very Gears of War-y, grayish, with, like, the uh, green More dark, but black. You know, very, very, like, dark. Things were wet a lot, so it was very shiny, but not in a bad way. Not like a fake plastic-looking way, just, like, overusing rain. Uh, but that's not a bad deal. Game's really fun, but... It, it's so interesting. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I said that, you know, earlier today, uh, David Jaffe, creator of Twisted Metal... He has been asked over and over and over again, and I know I've wanted to ask him, but I know that he doesn't have control over it, so I don't say anything to him, um, what the state of Twisted Metal is. Can we get a new Twisted Metal? Can we get a Twisted Metal that, uh, a remaster? Can we get a new one? Can we do blah, blah, blah? Now, it's funny because he talks about how split that that fan group was, and it's because some people love it for the story and the ethos and the lore, and then some people love it for the car combat, and some people love it specifically for the multiplayer, and it's... But one of the things he said that I thought was really, really cool, and I actually love the idea, and I hope someone at Sony actually saw that video and listened and took the... It wasn't even like a pitch. It was just like his idea of what it is. If somebody could take that, turn it into a fully developed pitch, and run with it, I think it would see moderate success um, and enough to be called a good you know, investment. Uh, so what his idea was, Saul, is take the Twisted Metal franchise, right? Strip it away of the story and take the car combat, which is the core of the game, uh, and the, core, the car combat and the multiplayer. So those are two really big parts. The car combat is the I core. I think I remember hearing about this. This was two days ago he posted the video. Yeah. So what he talked about is taking Twisted Metal, shrinking the IP down to do basically what Rocket League has done, and that is make the game available for about 20 bucks. Let everybody who wants to play it go ahead and download it at $20, and then constantly add, you know, you can have a certain amount of characters. You can get all characters free, and you can make it all to where it's like, okay, hey, here it is, but you can buy specific skins for characters or specific outfits for characters or you could even have it where you buy characters which would be the same as rocket league where it's like well you can buy the cars you're okay you're buying the characters that are in the cars um or what'd be really cool you could do here's classic sweet tooth now you can buy twist metal black sweet tooth or a skin for twist metal black sweet tooth i would i would i would do that see my point being though that's that's a great idea of how to make that game come back be relevant it's technically if they come out with a new one it is sony's longest running franchise um which is amazing that's really crazy to think about um so if you take that idea and you put it to this game and you, you put out this little, you know, $5 million budget game, which is exactly what he said, five or $6 million, push it into this type of game uh, and put it out there. It's a gamble, sure, but what a perfect idea of bringing back a franchise that didn't do exactly great. It did okay on PS3, the last uh, thing did, but it was very critically panned. Uh, not, you know, it was, it was split, very divisive game. Uh, a lot of people like the multiplayer. It's one of my favorite multiplayer experiences on PS3. But it takes that idea and it brings it to a new audience and an old audience. And there's less things to be able to get caught up on. You don't got to worry about it if you enjoy the fact that he only had three characters that had a story. Okay, fine. Well, there's not a story in this anyway. This is also not a full budget game. This is a game that's about the base of the game. It's always had multiplayer. 
and it could do just like Rocket League, split screen multiplayer. See, I'm worried though that if it tries to, like, I don't know if any car combat game right now could make it with Rocket League being a thing. But, except, but Rocket League isn't car combat. Yeah, I was gonna say, except actually having combat. Well, and that's what it would be. I mean, it'd be Twisted Metal's core gameplay. Right. But it would be shrunk down to where you get new maps sometimes, maybe even new game types, and you have normal, like, okay, team deathmatch, free-for-all, or whatever it be, but it's just the game modes. You buy it for cheap, and then they can add new people in, and they can I find would, ways to make that interesting. I would definitely pay $20 or something like that. I, I would don't know, absolutely pay $20 to try I don't know if I would go it. over. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, $20. Well, what was the last game he made? The last game he made was Drawn uh, to yeah, Death. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't even play it yet, so I have no, uh, I heard a lot I have no, I have no horse in that race. Uh, but my point being that he uh, also made God of War. Together. He also made God of War. So I mean, right? Yeah, it's the, just the guy. And I mean, like I say, I don't know about Drawn to Death. I think it's a great idea, even if it was poorly executed. I don't know, but I, I thought it was a great idea. Um, who, but who, who has the reins over God of War right now? Corey Bal- uh, Balrog. 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 Everybody calls yeah. him Balrog. Um, but yeah. That's what I thought, because he's the one that made the boat joke two weeks back, didn't he? Yep. Boat of War. Yep, and he was a director for God of War 2. He's been on, on every one of the games besides Ascension, I think. Um, and Which apparently is like the, the fan, worst. The fan, yeah, the fan worst, uh, the fan hated one. But, you know, it's if you can take this idea and use it to bring back franchises that are really old, like and don't wrong, some of them will be weird, because it's always a bet, and people aren't going to want to put money into just nothingness. Uh, but could you imagine, like, Colony Wars coming back as a... as a? Don't know what Colony Wars is. Oh, it's okay, PS1 uh, strategy game. Like a RTS. Uh, see, um, I wasn't in RTS when I was that young. So but I my point it. being is that like you can bring back a lot of franchises that people have loved, and you can bring them back in a way that is somewhat true to what the game has always been, like what the series has always been tied to, but you can also use it in new, interesting ways. Like Command & Conquer. There hasn't been a Command & Conquer game come out in a long time. Yeah, but to be fair, that's not that's not Sony's IP, so... Um, there's been Command and Conquer. Oh, it's not Sony's IP. No, but, no, no. But know. they've been on the franchise. Yeah, yeah. People outside of Sony could use that. I'm trying to think of like cool ideas, and I know that would never happen because of the way these games are budgeted out. But imagine, even as a games as a service at sixty dollars, and it's what it should have been, and it's technically what Smash you could consider was. Bruh-huh. But PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale as a games as a service, where you now Brawlhalla is completely free, and it is a game. If, as a if service. they if they will come out with that, but if they will come out with it at forty dollars or sixty dollars, and make sure it's good, and then constantly make sure they're adding maps and characters. And listening to community feedback and like... What a great idea for a franchise that can come back and continue to make money. Right, because the thing about those games is that for them to be successful, they have to thrive in a competitive environment. Yeah, and because see, it smashes in a weird space right now because of the Switch. That's the oh, only no, reason dude. it's in a weird space. No, dude. Have Pe- you not seen that a lot of the major Smash 4, which is what that's called, uh, the Smash 4 players are, are taking a break? Zero is not playing the game right now. See, I do know that a lot of people have regressed back to. Uh, they're using ROM hacks now at this point. I forgot what it's called. It's it's a it's a combination of Smash Brothers Melee and Brawl. Yeah, and it's, it's they, a it's a it's a Brawl. I, I can't remember what it's called. called either, yeah, but it's a ROM hack for uh, Brawl um, or Melee. I think because Brawl's the GameCube one, right? They're, well, they're both GameCube. No, oh well, they may have been cross gen, but one of them was. Um, sorry, one was Wii. Was Melee Wii or Brawl? No, Brawl and Brawl and Melee. Wait, yeah, I think you're right. Hold on. I, uh, Melee was the matter. first one. But Melee my point being is that, yeah, one. people are going back and playing that. But the idea that it can be a good games as a service, I think, is very true. And I think we saw it somewhat on Wii U. But how do you keep it going? Now, you can keep going with weird you know, skins or whatever because there wasn't enough skins on PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. And there wasn't enough Raw skins on Wii, Wii U uh, Smash. So if you take that idea and run it over that, bam, now you have another idea. I think going cheaper with it and letting the game thrive off of that, like going $40 to the initial price and letting it continue to thrive by making sure it's competitively fun and has skins you know, for the characters. I would think they would do something really cool with like a Pokemon-style game. 
that could be that could be game games as a service. service. Yeah. So like, imagine. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, this is literally all off the top of my head, but I was sitting there thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool for a Pokemon game to be a weird kind of games as a service thing, where maybe they could, you could have a world where you create your own self, like you do kind of in the new Pokemon games, and you can kind of go out and you have these creatures you can catch, but, like, upon, like, every season, the person who has caught and has the highest ranking battle will be awarded, like, the season champion, and then for people who... The Pokemon Go? Because I think that's what they're doing right now. Uh, no, that game's... Uh, I don't make anybody mad, but that game's not good. But um, but it'd be cool, like, you know, release new trainer outfits or something like that, or new... Now, are you saying it's an actual Pokemon game, or even no, as, no, a, as an like idea? No, like an idea Sony could use. A Monster Hunter game? Because you know they have that... Oh, God, what's it called? Invisibles? That they used? Uh, that was that's their almost Pokemon as bad answer. as Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't play the most recent one. Uh, but saw you anything? Any other points you kind of like about it? I think it's interesting that even you know the main games we talked about, which is Destiny first person shooter, The Division third person shooter, Rainbow Six Siege, which is like a tactical first person shooter, Rocket League is a uh, not car combat, like a car sports game. Uh, sports games are always games of service. That's like to me, that's what they, even though they come out yearly. They always have that same mentality. They just shorten it over a year. Yeah. Uh, but then you have like No Man's Sky, space exploration game. See, and it, it can be in any genre, as I said. But oh, yeah. It's interesting that it's already bled to the genres it has. And it, 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 thr- it, it thrives the best in competitive genres because there's so well, much you can it, add. And that's so interesting because, like I say, I don't know. In No Man's Sky, is there any way for you to spend real world money in that game? Like for currency or whatever? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. So maybe that's not really a good game to be considered as a game as a service as much more as a game that has to continue to grow. Like I say, I think it has a special situation as to where it's at. Yeah, because... I don't think there's as much to talk about with that uh, that you can really... It's, it's almost like The Witcher, where The Witcher just got so many free updates that were... They didn't add content for The Witcher, but like CD Projekt Red stayed... And when completely first, redid the UI. When I first bought that game like two years ago, they had just released the big UI update that I actually... Uh, was confused about you were like that's not what that is i'm like yeah it is and and then we found out there was a ui release but yeah it's something that's seriously interesting that how how well these developers can support these games and i'm willing to jump into any game that has a long life thanks to the way the developers do support them because and i'll pay money for that too sure. like, and I, I think that nate nate lloyd's statement about you know developers just need to think long and hard about the way they approach it and the the approach to it is everything now. Yeah, because you now, can't be greedy. With publisher publisher pressure is a big deal. That too, yeah. Because you know, I'm, I guarantee you know, Star Wars Battlefront was meant to be a game to the service. Ow. Um, to an extent, yeah. To an extent, but absolutely meant to be a game to the service and a very you know, microtransactions are somewhat in the lifeblood of a game to the service. Right, when done right. And so, I, it's something I don't I don't mind when done right. Like like I will. But buy, you can see there's a fine line where if you get too much pressure from the developer, what happens? You skew that system too much in favor of trying to make a buck. And yep. now, I'm not against... Like Battlefront 2. I'm not against... Like I say, I get... We talked about games are expensive. Of course they are. Games are expensive. I mean, interestingly enough, this seems like a modest budget, too. The uh, budget for Detroit Become Human is $30 million. How? I would think they'd spend a good chunk of that on the mocap. Wait, they're using mocap, right? Yeah. I thought so. There's no way they're not. They're, they're using with, they're uh, using performance capture, which is voice and ma- motion oh, at the same time. Yeah. Who? What was the last game to use that? That just. No, oh, a lot of games use. No, no, like the big one that came capture. out for Sony. They use uh, both motion and. Um, Frozen Wilds came back to that, but no, was it Uncharted for that? Did I guess? I mean, yeah, Uncharted's been okay. doing it for a while. Uncharted's been. Well, no, doing, I know they've been doing it for a while. I'm trying to think. Of the Uncharted's last, been doing it since the first game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to think of the last newest example that Sony has released. Probably Lost because Legacy. 
Oh yeah, that okay, that counts. Yeah, because because it, it works so well. Hmm? And, well, uh, it looks really realistic, like yeah. like it gives Which you... is why I'm glad Frozen Wilds did it. Now, if, if Horizon Two does it, that'll take away most of my complaints because then maybe Alloy will be a little bit more of a personable character that I can enjoy. Somebody with more personality. Sure, that's sure. my main issue with her. Well, I don't know. I think that there's definitely room for it, and I'm excited to see what could happen. But I do agree that I think it needs to stay away from story-driven games. That's like my number one concern: is that keep it away from things that are very story. Keep it away from games definitely like Detroit. Yeah, you don't want it in games like. And keep it away from games like Uncharted unless it's going to be on the multiplayer suite. Yeah, I was going to say that's where multiplayer could shine. You know, you come in, you come in for the good eight and a half to thirteen hour story, fourteen hour story, and then you stay for the good multiplayer that keeps getting updated with cool skins and stuff. Sure, I guess that there's, but you know, I mean, people aren't staying around on Destiny, but there's also not cool skins. Then again, Naughty Dog treats their their developers treat their fans right. Bungie just doesn't do that that right now. Yeah, and you know that's a big kick in the nuts from me, who is a huge Destiny fanboy. All right, well, Saul, thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks for coming by after work to record this episode. Definitely oh, I thought coming back. Where did coming I go? Back. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming by. I know it's late for you, but is there any final points or any other small things you would like to no, like, get out? I think games as service is a great, great, great um, plan. I think that. Do you think we'll see it well past this gen? I think we'll see it for for any gaming generation because this seems like the general like this seems like where we were building to with see, with implementing online the reason, games, right? The re- yeah, the reason I mentioned it was eventually going to come to this point, regardless. It has to because and I, and and that's why. And it, I'm not going to say on every game. That's very important. No, no, no. no but yeah. of course, somewhere along the line, multiplayer based games. If it's games like going to Overwatch, League of Legends, Counter Strike, Rainbow Six, you know. Uh, the division, even all these games that can continue to thrive by having these big online updates that change them, instead of a second one coming out like Destiny did. Because now I see what you mean by they they should have just made it an update. Because if they would have made Destiny two an expansion, guess what? All those things that they added in the Taken King expansion wouldn't have been thrown out the damn window and changed. Exactly. And see, that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I know they took rolls out and stuff, but they they took out strike scoring. That was something that actually legitimately surprised me. They took out everything that I could have imagined that I wanted that they added into Taken King that had me come back. And that's why I'm still going to say, like, I'm not going to say I'm not going to play Destiny 2 again. They release a new update that's a massive, like they did with Taken King. It could capture my heart back again because I do love that series. But until then, it's that's, that, it's that's that why fine I like. Mentality. Yeah, and that's, that's why I say with that's why I say with publisher pressure. Yep, I almost am. I almost guarantee that Destiny Two was Destiny Two because of Activision, and I almost guarantee that the reason they changed well, some things was to try and make it feel like a sequel. And I think because I, it'd be different if they did everything that they had in Destiny One. I mean, if they, if they did everything they had in Destiny Two, but made an expansion for Destiny One and kept all the original stuff, it'd have been amazing. Right? And I could have been I, fine. But when you put it as a sequel, it's like, well, we need to make it feel different. It needs to just be a which it doesn't. Different. It doesn't. And it which, does and it doesn't. You and know? Which is what Muddy feels, Waters it, with Games of the Surface. Like, if Overwatch 2 comes out, you're going to keep the core game the same, but, like, unless you're adding, while maintaining the characters they have, adding, like, 15 new characters. But how do you do that, too, in a game like that? And see, yeah, Games of the balancing. Surface, that's why I say, the, the and that's where Destiny runs this line as a Games of the Service, but also an MMO, which I guess MMOs are inherently a Games of the Service. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if, I you, if you go off that, that mindset, then, then Games of the Service has been around for... You because know, just about any since game. the beginning of computers. But my point standing is that you Destiny Two should have never been a thing. You don't. I don't feel like you can make when you have a game this way, and definitely with PlayStation Four, where the entire game gets put on the console anyway. 
you know, like you, you, you having the disc is just a DRM check, right? So if you can have yeah. it to where you just update everything you put in Destiny 2, even graphically, like say, because there was small graphical enhancements on Destiny 2. Yeah, uh, and a small, pretty, pretty good one. Small, like uh, mechanical, like they, they kind of fine-tuned the shooting a little bit um, in some areas and then messed it up in others. Um, but my point being is that if they took that mentality, and they would have made Destiny Two, Destiny Two, an expansion for Destiny One, just called like uh, Rise of the Cabal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just give it some weird surname, throw it on there, have it be graphically a little bit prettier, play a little bit smoother, and have all this new content, new raid, make it feel like a big thing, but make it a big expansion. It could, it could have still been sixty dollars. Yeah, but was, keep it because like that's the thing. MMOs have been doing this forever. Hey, we're gonna give you a forty dollars, sixty dollars expansion, but it's gonna be a big expansion. It's gonna be a graphical update. Yeah, like World of Warcraft, World and, areas, and, and Final Fantasy fourteen, like fourteen. Just so uh, now, so it's weird. You like staunchly defended at the time because I know where your mind was going. But yeah. now that you've had a step to take back, you go like it would have made a lot more sense. And well, I thought no, it, one another day, like it would have made a lot more it, sense. It's not so as much as just making more sense. It's, it's so much of when you become when a sequel comes out. And this is why I think Games as a Service well, works so well. Why, why does there need to be a sequel in Games as a Service? That's well, yeah, my point. And that's the thing. Because yeah. people keep like, well, how do you make a Rocket League 2? Well, do we need to? Yeah, it's like just keep adding on and improving the game and adding more content to it, and you never will. Until you need to leave a generation behind. See, Minecraft, Games as a Service right there. Minecraft is the perfect yeah. game. And we haven't even talked about that. Minecraft is one of those games. It's funny, we were winding down, but now we're back up. But Minecraft is one of those games that doesn't make you pay anything, but has consistently updated itself and, and for the betterment. Yeah. Over and over and over. Terraria, over and over and over. We are seeing this bleed through to far more. Oh, yeah. I think it's, and a, it's funny it's that a we, great we didn't even go to these or, uh, ideas. You great, know? Yeah, it's a great multiplayer advantage to be able to play these games and see like this. This is a, something else that I that I am on the fence about, but it's it's almost like a games as a service can't exactly be reviewed. Because you have to constantly update the review, just like IGN just updated Rainbow Six Siege's review yeah. and gave it a higher score because of the stuff they've done. But you, but so yeah, I mean, super, you can review it, but it's a review that can never be set in stone. Exactly, because if if like, which is weird, say, because how do you take a review at face value if you don't ever look for it again and see that it's been updated and changed? Well, yeah, or if you go back and you, if if I'm wanting to say, like, oh, let me look at Rainbow Six Siege and see if it's any good, and I stumble across along a three year review or two year review. I'm going to see the negatives, and it's actually hasn't been improved. So that's sure. super interesting. But yeah, you know, I'm all for it. I just think it shows that you don't the- always need sequels. Now, could Minecraft ever get a sequel? Probably. We know Terraria is going to get a sequel, but I also do feel like within the realm of what Terraria is and has been, and the fact that you've literally never paid a dime for anything on Terraria, it's just been a game that's been continuously updated. Uh, I don't even think there's any way for you to spend real world money in Terraria. Then bam, that's all you have right there. Because you can buy skins in Minecraft. That's how they monetize that. Oh yeah, but yeah. Terraria don't have, doesn't from- have that. So the fact that they've given this Terraria, Terraria making this game makes sense. They've probably hit the most they could do within the mechanics they've set within this foundation. But being able to explore that with a new idea without having to build on top of that makes sense. But for a game like Destiny, which is about your character and this big thing, moving forward, and it's a very MMO-like game anyway, yeah. why would they not do that? Why would they make a sequel? Because of publisher pressure. Publisher pressure in this situation is one of the biggest enemies to the way, to the way that games as a service could go because Psyonix, self-published. And well, and the whole goal, yeah. So these and Terraria self-published, Minecraft self-published. self-published. What do you do in these situations? Every game that you're seeing doing it well, besides Overwatch, Blizzard is the weird, weird prime example here. Blizzard's the only one that's done it perfect from the get-go. Rainbow Six had to still had to stumble its way into it, but it did get there. The Division, I feel like, is a good example of that. So Ubisoft is close; they're coming yeah. up on it. 
uh, and they've done well for themselves so far. The division kind of faltered at the beginning for a I lot think, of people's talk. But. I think a sequel is well needed when a game just needs to be not reworked from the ground up, but it needs to take everything that it has. Now I will say this: fully updated. Like I, I do think that. I don't think from even when I've played the division, I don't think it ever needs a sequel. Well, see, it, personally, it, it, well, they've already announced that it's getting one. I know, I so know. Like what they but need my to point do, being, I just don't feel like it needs. Well, it. what they need to do is take the current game and the current mechanics that they have, and then they need to expand upon it in a wider and better world. And I think that's how you do a sequel as a game as a service. Sure, because, but I just don't think they're necessary. That's where I stand. Well, on yeah. That. But go ahead. Um, but well, I mean, you saw like Destiny too. There's a speculation, and I cannot remember if this is confirmed as truth or not. But you remember the um, age. Of triumph uh, on Destiny One, the Siva story. Yep, they argue that that was actually a full set expansion, similar to Second King, that had its own raid and everything. And it did; it did have its own raid and stuff. But there, they, people were speculated that was that cut content from Destiny Two, or did they just make this content very hastily to set us up for Destiny Two to give us something in between Destiny Two? Because Age of Triumph was free, correct? No, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Age of Triumph, because it included the raid, it included everything. I thought Age of Triumph was the last thing they did for Destiny, right? Wasn't you may be thinking about the book of, of whatever it's called. And I might be getting well, no, the name but wrong. I'm thinking of Age of Triumph was the last Destiny 1 update. I don't think it was for him. And I might be wrong, but like I really don't think it was. Either way, I mean, yeah, it's so... But, what but are people you are speculating it? that that is either cut content from Destiny 2, which obviously... Who it, knows, though? Because like we said, Destiny 2 apparently got rebooted completely yeah. 16 and months before well, and, this, and this is crazy, too, because this is stuff that people have been talking about since, Steve, this, since this expansion came out. So I think that as long as developers, unlike you know, Activision... Communicate. Yeah, communicate, I think it's fine. So I'm all for it. Give it to me when it makes sense, especially in competitive multiplayer shooters, because you will have me looking for patch notes. You'll have me playing different characters I never had before. Actually, yeah, you're right, because I'm telling you, as soon as they say that there's a No Man's Sky update, I'm, I'm hitting those patch, patch notes, notes so yep. quick. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I was... And like, last time, when it wasn't even patch notes, it was a legit full page of, like, here's everything. Well, I was and, like, well, and there's, nice a certain, this? there's a certain amount of, of, of surprisingness. I, I'm trying... I'm so tired. I can't think of the better word. A, be, a a good amount of surprises when you are super excited for a game. Like I am super into Rainbow Six right now. I'm browsing the subreddit. I'm browsing the Siege Academy subreddit, trying to get tips. I'm looking at YouTube videos on like what my controller should be set at and how like you know tactics for each map, map layouts and stuff. And I'm super excited to know that there there are characters coming out and then to be a part of that speculation is something that's real fun to me. And you read patch notes about how people are getting nerfed here soon. It's just a big spectacular, and that's why I like games as a service to me. But I think this has been a good episode number 43. Um, did you have anything else? We completely forgot about Reader Mail, but it's a little too late now. I don't think anybody... Did you do Reader Mail? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, there's one, and I... Oh, man, I'm so sorry, be I'm going to read it, because I like it. Uh, was it from the Discord? And it ties back in. No, he messaged us on here, and I have it. It ties back into the grand scheme because this game is meant to be a games and services from what we understand of it so far. So he says, what do you think the state of Anthem is? Um, and he goes, it's been quite a time since we have uh, since we didn't hear anything from Bioware. It's understandable that they don't release any info after the Star Wars debacle and be associated indirectly with it. I hope that they micro, I hope that they, the microtransactions model is more akin to Overwatch and that to perfect the loot system to not be as wonky as Destiny's. I agree with that. Uh, I also hope that there is a solid story in there compared to Destiny's mediocrity. Again, I agree. Two may have been better than one, but it wasn't the godsend it needed to be. Uh, 
And he says, in his opinion, so yeah. Uh, probably the game won't be a 2018 release. What do you guys think? Any 2018 possibility? Any Bioware mishaps and ending up like Mass Effect Andromeda? Uh, possibly, possibility of leaving microtransactions behind in their current form? Thanks. Was there a microtransactions in Andromeda? Uh, yes, I'm fairly positive there was, but I don't even necessarily think he's talking about that. So where he's kind of going with this, and Mass Effect Andromeda did have the same thing as Mass Effect Three, if I'm not mistaken, like the card things you could buy for multiplayer. I barely but played the game three, didn't do but very well. I know well, a dude so spent matter. like fifteen thousand dollars in those yeah. cards in Mass Effect Three. So, but, you know, I, I think his grand, his grand point is. State yeah, of I Anthem. think it's interesting. I think Anthem's. Yeah. I think Anthem's fine. I think them not sewing anything is the fact that they revealed it a little too early. I, I do feel a common like, mistake. I feel nowadays. like what we sh- I feel like what we saw was not gameplay. To be dead honest with you, I feel like there's no. Those were totally pre-rendered cutscenes. That was not gameplay. No, the cutscenes could be pre-rendered, but even the part where they say it's. And they even had the pre-rendered HUD. I saw when they were like flying through the rings. They had a HUD, remember? Yeah, or, no. I'm pretty sure it did. It had a HUD. I don't so remember the HUD, weird. but I, I do remember them flying through like rings and stuff then underwater for a second. Yeah. That's I definitely, feel, that's yes, definitely I feel PC. like they can't be. That's, now, if it is, yeah, if it is current gameplay. That's PC. Or that's, that's 1080. Alpha build, yeah. That's, that's 1080 Ti um, SLI there because there's no way a console can run that. At well, all. of course, they're going to show the game like that, which they need to be careful of They doing, need to be more transparent about that. Like, play it on PC. A couple things. I feel like Anthem will probably be an Xbox One X game, but the chances of it being a PS4 Pro game or a PS4 game seem to be littler to me. Like They seem to be going down. I feel like this is most likely going to be a PS5 game, but if they can make it cross-gen, it probably will. My general thoughts of where it stands is that, yes, after Star Wars and EA being so tied to this, after, after Andromeda did so bad, they're, they're going to be steer clear of any of the Mass Effect and drama things they can. They're going to make sure this game looks pretty. They're going to make sure, which it probably won't happen anyway. Mass Effect was the victim of going into the hands of a newer developer that wasn't normal. It wasn't the normal developer of the series and given a very short amount of time to, to stew from my understanding. I could be wrong on that. Please uh, let me know if I am. Uh, but Mass Effect Andromeda was a specific situation with the hands that it fell into, and they did the best job they could, I'm sure they think, within the time limit they were allotted. The game should not have released in that state, and I feel like EA should have known that. Um, so with that being said, Anthem will be held until it is absolutely ready. They will not risk running it early. Um, no. I, I feel like the microtransactions, you're, you're, you're talking about with Star Wars and this being EA, if anything, the fact that they have not added microtransactions back into Battlefront 2 yet is a, a good sign it's a very good that they sign. are scared. I'm still, they know not to do it. I'm still not buying that game. Now, I don't think I'm buying that game Will there all. be microtransactions? Absolutely. There's microtransactions and need As long need as they're payback. not pay to win. That's what matters. That's I think that's the fine line. Look at Overwatch. Look at Rainbow Six. There's no pay to win transactions at all. You know what I just spent $5 on on Rainbow Six the other day? A chibi for my gun. <laughs> a little chibi charm. Listen, this is how you, oh, this is how you get people invested in the game, guys. You have these cute, original, and, and just amazing designs that you put in the game. And like, of course, when I'm in the final kill cam, I want me to be shooting somebody and have like a little chibi of my character on my See, gun. And it's the same it's thing. It's amazing. It's the same thing that, you know, like they talk about you prize something small and you make it just cool or stupid or cute enough to where someone in line would, and you put it up beside where you check out where yeah. someone in line is like, I'm already here. Might as well. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a dollar. What, what is that called? Yeah, it's, um, um uh, oh man, I know what it is. It's like, uh, upsell. Uh, oh, but it's, it's like a specific marketing technique. It's oh, like no, placement yeah. marketing or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure uh, that there's some, something. But yeah, it. that's basically the idea is if you give it to us and it's something that I can roll through, see real quick and be like, I'll spend a dollar on that. That's stupid, but it makes me laugh and I like it. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for Anthem though. I'm at least excited to see more. I'm excited um, to see more too. I like the idea of another third person shooter game in the, the in the Destiny style, they want to call it Destiny Division style. 
I think the division's really cool for that, and it does stand very differently than Destiny, which is good. And I put a um, ticket in for my Warframe character. We'll I see if it actually lets me. Hey, if it does, man, bam, we're going to play some Warframe. I'm going to download it. I was super nice about it, too. I was like, I'm going to download it. I really want to enjoy this game, so thank you for any help. Because <laughs> I really right. do. I really want to play the game. Uh, yeah, I think that my last thing on this is he's talking about you know Overwatch is saying like he saw saying I agree but on the story wise I don't even know if this is a game that I don't know how it's going to go with stories is it, it going to be world lore because I almost feel like world lore would be better honestly give it the dark souls demon souls where there's a story yeah and there's missions but they're not really really narratively heavy they're just things for, that are kind of fun and designed for you to have fun with like instances one of um, the best things about Bloodborne was the way the story was told and the way we we literally three months after its release, we're walking through Target playing the guessing game of thinking of what the story well, was, what it really was, and, and because now, it, it gives you that vague sense to where nobody feels like there's an objective reason of whether the story was good or bad because you almost don't even have an objective understanding of the full story. Exactly, like you do, and now and you don't because so much of it's metaphorical. What was it called? Hunt for the Pale Blood, I think is what it's called. It's a it's like a hundred and eighty page PDF that somebody has written up that is the entire story of Bloodborne confirmed by I'm pretty sure Miyazaki himself where it's talking about between all the item descriptions and stuff and pulling yeah it's, together. it's literally pulling things from item descriptions to, to part i together, think that would together. be amazing i think having audio drops and weird parts of no Anthem, i do not like audio drops like lords of the fallen do not put that in game lords of the fallen had audio drops yes they're like tapes they're scattered around Please do not put that in the game. The, I don't mind I'm those. Not, oh, uh, I don't it, mind those when it's the right kind of game, which Anthem is the right kind of game, where it's like a radio that they recorded into. Like, but the problem this is, is the last thing. The I problem, like those. The but. problem is, is the Lords of the Fallen will put those things around combat areas, and I'm sitting here trying to fight enemies, and I can't focus on the thing, and I'm not about to go navigate through a menu to listen to I it. I don't know about that. That's weird. But my point being is that they find weird ways to make it to where you're building the story throughout the world. That may be best case scenario. All they need to really do is set up the reason you're in the areas doing what you're doing, and let you kind of go from there. Like, you know, it could be something loose where it's like, oh, hey, you're oh, a Marine talking. who's on this planet doing this, and this is your reason for going. A solid story would be fantastic, but I feel like it's asking a lot. Now, it is, it is um, um, oh, Lord, it is Bioware, oh. and they are known for stories, so hopefully we get a great story, but you just can't bet on it. And I think that these games start to stand better as... Okay, perfect example. The We're talking pale, about the Pale Blood Hunt. Is okay, what it's called. Oh, going okay. back to my um, red girl. I'm gonna look into that. But my point being is that the De- Destiny is a perfect example. I mean, Destiny. Sorry, Destiny is very trying hard to be story. I feel like the division much, does a much better job at letting the world explain stuff around you. Those little echo things where you can kind of scan. And those in are in great. And, and those are people. in great uh, pieces of the world because typically you find one of those and then it has you walk a couple feet and there's another one that's not in combat areas. Yeah, and that's a good idea. Yeah, and in and, 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 and multiplayer games like that, it's great because. It just it, it works so well because it puts you out of combat. Now, if it's well, in it's like the, weird small world things. So like I always notice, Ryan loves those sections because he's always oh, like, I do too. He, yeah, he's always like, oh look, this guy did this, and then this girl ran out this door and she got hit by a car. Yeah, and he just loves we the small that, details. And, and I was like, she did get hit by a car. I'm yeah. like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, he loves the small details, and I get it because letting the world tell the story is a lot more interesting than trying to force a somewhat poorly written story down your character down your yeah. now of course that gives you weird different characters because of course Kate six wouldn't exist if they didn't try and give you interesting characters pushing this information on you uh most likely because it's funny they leaned in so hard to kate because people liked the little bit of what he had in the game they're like we're gonna make him big so that he's a selling point because yeah, he was much is, bigger loves he was much bigger in the taken king than he was in anything else even though he's been in the game um, the taken king yeah uh, well, you talking about? Well, I'm talking like, about Destiny in general. They they slowly built Kate up to be this big character. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about between Taken King and Destiny Two. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Taken King, he was big, and then Destiny 2, he's huge. Oh, okay. I thought you said he's bigger than Taken King. No, 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 no. But like I just mean like... Tired brain work. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I think that Anthem still has the ability to be a really cool game, but I've been I've been apprehensive ever since I've seen it. I just don't quite know what to believe because it seems like another Watch Dogs scenario. Well, and not only that, but it's like if it comes out this year, it'll come out at the very end. It'll oh, come yeah. Out to answer that question, no. Because what does it go against? There's too much, in my opinion. But I don't know though. It, it, well, the too much, be the too Titan. much does come across from PlayStation. There's a lot going on in the PlayStation camp this year. And if this is this is a Microsoft PlayStation release, you know. So yeah, you, I mean it's possible, but I don't, we next, haven't seen enough. So if we don't see the E3, I'm going to go ahead and say it doesn't come out this year. Within within one month, we have Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Shadow of the Colossus, and Monster Hunter. It's just World. fighters, by the way. It's just stylized as Fighters Z. What the game is just called Dragon Ball Fighters. It's just stylized with a Z. I've heard so many people say Z in that It's because it looks like it because they use the big Z from Dragon Ball Z, but it's just fighters stylized with fighters a Z. Fighters Z. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode <laughs> 43. I'm going to go home and get some sleep. Hey, you need you know where to find us. Thank you, everybody.